investing in property makes sense. Investing in the right property takes knowledge. Welcome to the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. I'm Jared McCabe, Director of Wakeland Property Advisory. Join me for expert insights into the fundamentals, trends and opportunities to help you create long-term wealth through smart property decisions. Hi everyone and welcome to episode 59 of the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. So we're now moving into part three of our Reminiscing with Richard series. So again, joined by none other than Richard Wakeland. Welcome, Richard. Thanks, Joe, very much. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's great to have you again. So um, today we'll follow on from last time we talked about the what, where, when, why around investment property and purchasing your first investment. And we um, led people to the understanding that today we'd be talking around timing um, with buying property and time in the market rather than trying to time the market. And obviously time just generally with life is a very important aspect. We've only got a certain amount of it. Um, so how does that relate to investment property? In the last podcast we did, Jared, we spoke about land as being uh, the, one of the most important words in the, in, the, in the world of property investment. But the other important word is time. Yeah. Yet again, another four-letter word I might add. So um, understanding the importance and value of time. What we need to do is we need to uh, learn to use it wisely. And I emphasize the point about starting early and not squandering time. So you mentioned that last time to, yeah. to get in. I mean, obviously, no one should be putting themselves under silly pressure or silly expectations, but the earlier you can get in, the more advantageous it will be yeah, for you longer term. Uh, uh, absolutely. And, and that's the important point about getting an early start. And as we said um, earlier, it's all about time in the market and not trying to involve yourself in timing the market. And the reason why I say don't involve yourself in trying to understand timing the market is because you never know when a market is peaked or troughed until after it's actually happened. Yeah, so we can look back now and say that we think with the, the ups and downs of the pandemic property market that things probably peaked around October, November 2021, I think it was. Yep, 2021. And then they started to slowly slide and they probably hit the bottom around the same time last year, October, November or December 2022 and have stabilised since. But again, as you said, we're, we're, we're making those calls three to six months after the event occurs. Yeah, and so what can happen, and I've seen it so often over, over the years, is that, for example, a $700,000 property um, can quickly become a $770,000 property thousand property because when markets move again they yep. can move very quickly overnight almost, yeah, yeah overnight in in a suburban markets so i repeat again time is such a valuable and important resource and remember at all at all times that it's irreplaceable so using it wisely can have a profound impact on how you create financial independence security for the future so that you're not actually relying on the government uh, pension or, or, or your own super. Sure. So the other thing to do is understanding time means being particularly patient. You really have to be patient and passive property ownership is about the long-term journey. Property moves in cycles. It doesn't suddenly, you know, keep repeating itself year after year, increased growth. It does take a breather from time to time, um, and we'll talk about 
what, why and how it takes a breather, but being patient um, will reward you, let's say, time and time again. Great. Okay. No problems. Um, economic and investment cycles, you know, that's one that we can't get overly specific about only for the reason that no two economic investment cycles are ever the same. Um, but there are some common char characteristics that come through every time. And one of the important ones is the subject of interest rates and the relationship to inflation. And certainly inflation and interest rates can have a big influence big influence on, on property markets. Well, inflation is obviously a hot topic at the moment, but for a lot of people who, are, who might have only gotten into the property market in the past five to seven or eight years, inflation probably hasn't formed a big part of their uh, their property journey Yeah, because it hasn't been overly strong for a period uh, of time. Uh, ab absolutely. And that's why I, I want to try and spend a little bit of time going into the historical perspective and getting an understanding about the fact that property is a long-term uh, journey. So what we're seeing at the moment, as we've seen over many, many years, is that the Reserve Bank increases rates, they decrease rates uh, to curb inflationary pressures. And one really important point to remember is the top performing investments are not reliant on inflation for capital growth. This is very simply the result of underlying demand that exceeds supply. So it's important to note that prices have risen when inflation was low. Okay. Um, also be aware um, that people can be um, uh, confused about second-rate property increasing in value, um, but it's increasing in value only on the back of inflation. So um, it's all very well when we've got high inflation second-rate property will show capital growth, but it quickly fades away um, when uh, when inflation is is curved. So that's the the uh, all boats rise on a rising tide type scenario. You need to be able to distinguish the difference. Yeah, yeah. Um, over the years, I mean, if we keep talking about the historical perspective, over the years, I've seen heaps and heaps of misinformation, fear. Um, through sensational headlines in newspapers and magazines, uh, ignorance, um, external influences. Um, and at the end of the day, what that does is it just spooks investors. So people who have never bought um, property when they should have done, or indeed people selling because they're fearful of um, the worst possible outcome, um, all of that... Uh, tends to um, contribute to a lack of confidence in, in owning property. What I want to do is just look back in time um, and quickly move through the decades and talk about low inflation, high inflation, and then we can talk about the influences of government intervention. But if we go back, for example, to the 1960s, there was strong growth, but that was in a very low inflation environment. Then if we look at the 70s, in the 70s and the early 80s, we had high inflation. In the late 70s, borrowing rates rose from 8%, 9% um, to around 14%, and 
and inflation was around 12%. Now, once again, this was a period of strong growth. Around 1990, rates rose to 17%, and that really, really sent shudders at the time through the property market. The recession we had to have. Absolutely. The early 2000s saw um, rather similar to the circumstances we are living in at the moment, um, saw interest rates rise 10, 11, 12 times. And as I said, very similar to what we're, what we're going through at the moment. Um, it's important to understand that interest rates are the main lever to bring inflation down. So what I guess I'm trying to say here is that the long-term journey is about, it's all about thinking long-term yeah. and not short-term. And once again, understand the value of time and overcome any fear of debt. Now, we did speak in an earlier podcast about good debt, bad debt, or let's say productive debt, unproductive debt, and not putting yourself in a difficult position where you can't afford to fund the purchase of a particular property and looking at the measures that you can put in place to ensure that you're not in a situation where you're forced to sell. And that's all part of the long-term journey. The other thing I wanted to cover here um, uh, is the, the issue of government intervention. And okay. government intervention can have a significant effect on property markets, but usually it's only a short-term significance. And people often overreact to uh, new uh, new rules that may or may not come into place or rules that are currently in place. And what happens is that investor confidence is lowered and there is often a temptation to either do nothing or, or sell up. If we go back as an example um, to get things into perspective on the subject of government intervention, if we go back, for example, to the 1980s, and I use, yep. the, I use the 1980s because there was a whole heap of government intervention which you would think would stop any further um, promising activity on the subject of property ownership. We had changes to the capital gains tax, we had changes to negative gearing, we had the residential tenancies le uh, legislation being tightened up, we had high interest rates, um, in, in the 80s, particularly in the latter part. Um, we then had first-home buyer grants coming into play. Um, in fact, in the very early 80s, um, they, they came in at that point in time where, as I remember it, in 81, 82, the markets were quite subdued and interest rates were high, and the government in the latter part of 82 brought in home buyer grants. Well, Unfortunately, and I think we share the same view, Jared, that uh, government grants tend to inflate property yeah, prices. Yeah, they do. They, and we've seen it many, many times. And they, the grants come in all short sorts of shapes and sizes and uh, in different forms. But typically, we find that rather than creating extra affordability, extra equity, they just push prices further up and yeah. people, people view them as free money and continue to borrow just as much, but just use that money to increase their capacity. Yeah, so what I, what I want to um, say is, and reiterate the point, is that good property 
um, always survives whatever government intervention. Same thing um, happened again more so recently from my perspective with the um, GST. There was a lot of doom and gloom around the GST when that came into play and how that would impact on property as well. Didn't seem to have too much of an impact. The early 2000s, the market was pretty hot. Yeah. So um, the, if a market is being held down and the longer it's held down, the greater the next rise will take place. Okay. Um, so once again, it's a case of patience and understanding that you sit tight, you don't get diverted, you get on that long road, yep. you don't get distracted by fads and fashions which might be taking side roads and then hitting a dead end only to turn back yes. on the road that you should have stayed on. In the first so it's, it's a yep. very, very passive um, approach to long-term ownership but you've got to get it right from day one and you've got to put the different components and elements together in a very particular way. Very good. Okay, so as um, Richard said, timing, um, sorry, your timing is very important, but it's time in the market rather than timing the market. So when you should buy or when you should sell, you get in when you can afford to and get in as early as you can and then have the property start working for you so that you can take advantage of hopefully the equity that's built up over a long period of time for you. Exactly. Well, that's another great episode. Thanks again, Richard, for joining me. It's been uh, very enlightening. Hopefully all the listeners have found that as well. Thank you, Jared. And hopefully we'll get you back again soon. But otherwise, thanks again for joining me for today's episode. It's episode 59 of the Rewarding Property Decisions podcast. Um, if, you've, uh, if you could share the podcast far and wide, it would be much appreciated. But if you would like further information, please visit our website, wakeland.com.au, and we wish you all the best with your property decisions.